Hello and welcome to Meet the CEO, a series of short, sharp podcasts that explore how CEOs really think. My name's Matt Crabtree, I'm the founder of Positive Momentum, and in each episode of this podcast series, we'll be asking CEOs of real businesses to share with us why on earth they wanted to become a CEO in the first place. What do they do when no one's watching? What do they find tough? And what are the best lessons they've learned from others? So, whether you're already a CEO, might want to be one one day, or just have to deal with CEOs from time to time, we promise to get you the no-nonsense lowdown on exactly what it takes to make happen, well, whatever you need to make happen. For this episode, I'm delighted to introduce one of my Positive Momentum colleagues, Barbara Brown, who will do an infinitely better job than me of being today's host. This is Meet the CEO. My guest today is Alan Barr, CEO of The Big Partnership, an award-winning UK-wide marketing and communications agency. Big has around 100 staff across the UK, an impressive client list from public and private sector, and delighted to report that the business is growing at pace. Alan, welcome to Meet the CEO. Thank you for having me, Barbara. It's, um, it's, It's really good to chat. Great, Alan. Great to have you with us today. So recognised as one of the country's leading authorities on marketing and communications, Alan joined BIG in 2007, having worked previously in senior roles at two of the big four global professional services firms, and being appointed CEO at BIG in 2020. So Alan, let me ask you the question I ask all my guests. Why did you become a CEO? Uh, Wow, so I don't think I ever really set out to be a CEO, but it probably just ended up being the logical progression in my career. I was with the business for more than a decade in very senior roles. And in recent years have been doing many of the aspects of the leadership role. And after 14 years, I knew the agency intimately. I really believed in the people uh, that we have and you know, was excited therefore when the two founding directors and the chairman asked me to step up into the position of CEO. I I like to believe that I've got a vision for how the agency will grow, which I'm sure we'll come on to talk a a little bit about. Um, But that in turn will enable our guys to realise their career aspirations and hopefully we all have some fun along the way. Brilliant. And and I think that's a really important aspect and I'm sure that'll come out in our conversation as well. So tell me, a, a very busy day job, no doubt. What part of your day is sacrosanct? Oh, I, I don't think anyone comes into our industry, Barbara, um, looking for a, a quiet Monday to Friday, nine to five. It's the, it's the nature of, of the work that we that we're in. So um, I think as an owner CEO, you're always thinking about the business. So it would probably be accurate to state that I never really switch off, as my wife would probably attest. Um, and, and as I was mentioning earlier, the nature of the industry that we're in means that you're always at the beck and call of your client. So you're having to deal with a, a crisis that could spill it into the media or a client has an issue on one of those social media channels and you always have to be on hand to deal with that. So quite often that'll happen outside of normal working hours. However, all that being said, we sit down as a family um, for dinner. Um, every night and that quality time is something that I'm really protective of so I probably have to say family dinner time is the one part of my day that I try really hard to preserve at all costs if I can. That's fabulous and so important particularly in the current climate Alan I can imagine that that is even more important than normal times. Yeah. Brilliant. So 
What's been the most challenging event or situation that you've encountered as a CEO? And when you reflect on it, what have you learned from it? Uh, does being unveiled as the new CEO the week before COVID count, Barbara? <laughs> of course it does, because that was the time <laughs> for you. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, listen, running, running any business always has its challenges, but dealing with the fallout from the COVID pandemic has been by far and away the most challenging period that I've ever faced in my career. And I would imagine for most of your listeners, that will be right up there as well. We, we were fortunate that the size and scale of our agency means that we've got a large, diverse client portfolio. So while there were some clients like online retailers and supermarkets who fared better during the pandemic, there were other clients in sectors like hospitality or tourism and leisure and travel that were really badly affected. And that obviously has a knock-on impact into how they were able to invest in, in marketing and advertising. However, we tried to stay incredibly close to all those clients during the last year. And our guys really went above and beyond to offer support to their clients, sometimes even when they weren't in a position to pay for that support. And in my experience, clients tend not to forget that. So um, the last year has really underlined to me the talent and commitment that we have from within the business, which are obviously two really important aspects to any successful company. But in terms of the lessons that I guess we all can take away from that, um, it's been the importance of open and regular communication to our teams, which I guess might sound a little obvious coming from a communications agency, but it's absolutely the case. As soon as the pandemic began affecting our business, we were completely transparent with all of our guys about the impact it was having and the decisions that we were having to consider making. We did an awful lot of company-wide town hall Zooms and Microsoft Teams meetings um, and also sessions on an office-by-office -office and team basis to let people know what was happening and really encourage our guys to ask questions. And we also placed a real emphasis on mental health and well-being with various activities to support staff who are perhaps struggling working from home. We've got quite a young workforce, Barbara, and a lot of those guys are sitting, working out of their bedrooms or working at a kitchen table. So that's been a long period where they've had to face that. So looking back on it, we've absolutely made mistakes and, and, and many of them, but overall the feedback that we've got from people is that they've really appreciated how open we've been throughout the process. So I think that's the one thing that I'll, I'll take away from this as a positive. Brilliant. And it's such, it's such an important part, that open, honest, transparent communication, particularly at a time where there's been so many different competing challenges going on in the market. Yeah. So if you move on and think about who has most influenced the way you lead, what kind of things go through your mind at that point? Um, I guess one of the benefits of my job is that you're always working closely with senior leadership across lots of different organizations. So invariably you pick up tips and ideas from lots of different places. Um, I've also learned a lot from the two founding directors in the business who started the agency from nothing and, and grew it to what it is now as one of the largest and hopefully most successful independent agencies in the UK. So both, both of those guys have played a huge role in my career and, and will continue to do so. Um, it probably sounds a little bit trite, but I would say that my parents have also had a really big influence over how I approach my career, Barbara. Neither of them came from a business background. My mum worked in a factory and my dad was a welder, but 
what they did have was this unbelievable work ethic that we noticed from a really early age and they instilled that in my brother and my sister and I and you know my dad's one of the smartest people that I've ever met he, he was the son of a coal miner and his dad's aspiration for him was to get him an apprenticeship rather than being forced down the pits like so many of his school friends but in another life with different opportunities he could he would easily have been a lawyer or an accountant or some other you know senior business figure perhaps and and my mum who's this really confident outgoing engaging character you know a person that loves to chat to people so i can see that i've got traits from both of them that i perhaps carry forward into how i do my job but i've been fortunate to have lots of positive influences in my career all of whom have shaped me as a CEO, but I also think it's probably important to realise that that never really stops. You're always looking for ways to that you can improve. That can be little nuggets from you know a book or a podcast or an article in the press or a conversation that you have with your clients. I can think of many of them, but I'm also really fortunate that I've got a great senior leadership team within the business and I'm learning from those guys every day. So it's definitely not just one person. It's probably a mix of all of them. And that's such a healthy piece of advice, isn't it? That always on, always learning um, and taking great aspects from lots of different people. It's, it's a really good reminder. Brilliant. So if we move on and think about the secret to an effective executive team, when you look around um, your, your senior team, what's the secret to that success? Well, admittedly, I've only been a CEO for the last, well, 15, 16 months now, but I've been on the board and, and, and been involved in the running of the, the, the company al alongside the, the other directors for, for more than a decade. And I think that um, one of the first things that I would say probably is shared ambition. I think for any leadership team to be effective, everybody has to be pulling in the same direction and be aligned on where the business is heading. I think that's really important. And I'd also say that having a diverse skill set, it's no good everyone being great at the same thing, recognizing that there's a real need to have people with different skills and experiences around you. Um, no one has all the answers and it, you know, it's important to have that challenge to really test whether that decision that you're about to make is the right one. I don't always have to agree with my colleagues, but having that debate, I think, keeps you honest and reduces the chances of you, know, you all making mistakes. Um, I guess another crucial one for me is the importance of just being genuinely invested in the success of your colleagues. I think it's really easy to fall into the trap of believing that another person having success somehow takes away, takes the shine away from you. But in, in my experience, that's a really corrosive attitude to have and also really short-sighted because it can have such a negative effect on the camaraderie around the board table. And I don't think that you can underestimate how important it is to, to to have that collegiate approach which we're really lucky to have at, at big and we've always had that you know we've had disagreements as a as a board i'm sure but i can't think of any period in the last 10 15 years where i've been involved in the business where we've had any major disagreements on any issue um and i think that probably leads on to the last part which I think it just helps if you all get on and like each other you, know, you spend so much time together dealing with challenges from clients or problems that crop up in the running of any business and if you happen to get on well with the people that you're working closely with it just makes the whole thing that much more enjoyable. 
I, I'm sure, and, and having met some of your um, senior team, I imagine some of those um, conversations are, are are heated and constructive and collegiate, all, all in equal measure. It's, it is a really good observation. Um, what, what do you think the biggest change is on your horizon, Alan? There's lots, um, but as a business, I, I, I'm hopeful that we're about to embark upon, you know, a really big growth phase over the next couple of years. We, as you know, Barbara started the business 21 years ago, and over the last probably 10 or so years, we've transitioned big as an agency from being a, a, a PR agency that also does digital and design for clients into now what we are as a properly integrated agency. And increasingly, we are going after clients and, and winning larger clients that are looking for a creative agency who can deliver a full complement of marketing services, but deliver that from under one roof and the economies of scale and the single point of contact that comes from that. But that also has a, a really big impact on how we're training and developing our people and thinking about future talent. Um, we've we've made some really exciting senior hires in the business over the last six months, and, and that's really helped add to that sense of ambition. Um, lastly, I would say we're also looking to expand our focus geographically. You, you know that we're a, an agency that has offices across the UK, but headquartered in Scotland. And but we've always looked after clients across the UK and some even internationally. We opened our first office in Manchester about five years ago, and that, that's been a big success. And had COVID not happened, we probably would have already opened in Leeds by now. So that's probably still the next step, I would say. But COVID has fundamentally changed the way we're all working. It, it, it used to be the case that if you were a big um, you know, UK or international brand and you were based in London, you would tend to use a London agency um, or, or one of the big you know, international network agencies, as they're often called. But because of what's happened with, with tools like Zoom and Microsoft Teams, that's made those businesses realize that they can just as easily work with agencies out with the London bubble. So not only are they able to tap into teams around the country that are just as creative as what they've got on their doorstep, but increasingly they're realizing that they're able to do that far more cost effectively without having to pay the premiums that come when you appoint a big London agency. So. That aspect in particular represents a huge opportunity for us and one that I believe we're really well placed to capitalise on. And I think, you know, that, that, that point about technology harnessing new opportunities um, for you, it sounds like you're really well positioned to, to capitalise on that with the strength of the team. It's really encouraging to hear. I think, I, think, I think Barbara also opens up huge opportunities for lots of businesses. Um, it, you know, I, I don't think that maybe there was a time seven or eight months ago when people felt we were never going to go back into the office. And I know some businesses are, are taking that approach, you know, closing the offices or giving people the opportunity just to, to permanently work from wherever, as long as they get the work done. I, I think a hybrid model is probably going to be what will become the norm moving forward. And that'll certainly become the norm for us. But it, I think it presents huge opportunities for lots of different businesses. It's, a, it's definitely been a tough year, but it's a really exciting uh, challenge on the horizon for everyone. Yeah, no, absolutely. And just to finish us off then, three quick pieces of advice for anyone out there listening, aspiring to become a CEO. Uh, um, 
firstly, I would say you probably have to be honest with yourself about whether you're prepared for the impact that being a CEO will have on probably every aspect of your life, as I've spoken about yesterday, and I'm sure lots of people in a similar situation can relate to this, but it's not a Monday to Friday, nine to five job. It, it It's really pretty all-consuming. I know personally, it's rare to go through a week when you're not getting client calls in the evening or um, at the weekend. And I don't think that I've ever had a, a holiday, much to my wife's consternation, where I've not had to deal with something that's happened in the business while I've, while I've been away. Um, and I know from speaking to other chief executives and other managing directors of other companies, that's probably the norm rather than the exception. So I know personally, I'm always thinking about the business and, and probably would admit to finding it quite hard to switch off at times, but I also really genuinely love what I do. I go to bed on Sunday night looking forward to Monday morning coming and I really believe in our business. So I'm lucky that it doesn't feel like a chore. And but if there is a frustration, it probably comes from the fact that the initiatives and the ideas that you that we have as a business very rarely can happen as quickly as you want them to, just because of other pressures and how busy everybody is. But I'm sure that I'm sure that's the way that everybody in business feels. So firstly, I would say, you know, just being prepared for you know how big a commitment it, it is. And that might change from one business to another but i don't imagine that there are many chief executives sitting twiddling their thumbs most days um secondly i probably have to say that and this is the bit that you may not think about before you're in the position but you have to be prepared at times to make tough decisions um i think anyone can run a business when it's growing and sales are increasing and you're in a position where you're able to hand out promotions and pay rises and you're recruiting new talent that's the easy part of the job. Anyone can be the CEO when that's happening. The tough part is when you have to make what can at times might, might be unpopular decisions. So it's really tempting to shy away from those decisions. But I think that one of the most important attributes that any business leader can have is being able to make decisions that you really believe that are in the best interest of the business, even if they aren't always going to be universally popular so from that perspective i would say that it's not just for a ceo but anyone senior in business ha having to be pretty resilient and lastly i would probably say that and it, this is probably the most important aspect from my perspective that i think to be a successful ceo you have to have a genuine interest in the people that you work with and be invested in their success i've encountered only a few ceos and mds over the years and it was abundantly clear that they didn't really care that much about the people that they that worked for them. And I don't think it was a coincidence that when you looked at their business, you would usually find that they had problems, and in some cases, some pretty big problems. Um, and, and I know it's a cliche, but any successful business thrives on the quality of its people. And the most successful companies that I come across are the ones that where it's clear that the chief executive and the senior leadership team are really invested in their guys. They're you know, genuinely looking to support them and are working hard to create an environment where they can develop and progress and, and be excited about coming to work. And I think if you can do those things and get those parts right, then good things tend to happen. Alan, what an excellent point to end on. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. This has been a really insightful discussion. Much appreciated. No, and thank you for having me, Barbara. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. 
Well, that was a fascinating conversation with Alan, filled with genuine and pragmatic advice for anyone in leadership. I thought Alan summarised perfectly that the importance of great leadership in the lives of staff of a business can never be underestimated. Sometimes hard decisions need to be taken along the way, but the impact of creating strong debate at senior leadership level pays off in setting the strategic direction for the growth of the business. Thanks again to Alan for such an inspiring session. I hope that makes you want to subscribe and give us a rating. Until next time, when we look forward to welcoming you to the next episode of Meet the CEO.